You're listening to the Perth Podcast from the Perth School, Cambridge. Welcome to our Perth Podcast. In this episode, Claire talks to Upper Sixth student Lily, who has applied to Oxford University to read Japanese studies. So hopefully the plan is to do Japanese studies at Oxford, um, which is super exciting because it involves a year abroad in the second year. Um, But if not Oxford, then my insurance choice is Edinburgh, which also has a year abroad in Japan. So why did you choose Japanese? Like, why why that particular subject? Um, Well, I've learned Chinese from a young age, but then in year nine at my secondary school, I got the opportunity to go on um, a scholarship exchange to Japan. And then from there, I just fell in love with learning Japanese and all about Japanese culture. And luckily, I was able to carry on learning Japanese at the purse alongside my A-levels with the same teacher which is really amazing. During year 12, I had a bit of indecision about subjects between history, geography, European languages, and Japanese. But eventually I just realized that Japanese studies would be the course for me. In year nine, I think, I went on the scholarship exchange, which was incredible, like experiencing the life of a KO high school student with my exchange um, for a week and we did lots of traditional Japanese experiences like the matcha tea ceremony and even going to an onsen which are like the traditional natural spring baths where um, you can't wear anything um, because it affects the purity of the water according to the culture so that was like you know very deep cultural immersion that was very different from English culture, but yeah, it was a very cool experience all in all. If that had been me when I was a teenager, I'd been too embarrassed, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was really scary. I think some people did back out, but then all of the Japanese teenagers that we were with, it was just so normal to them. Like, they had no self consciousness whatsoever. So it was so fascinating seeing that complete polar difference in culture. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Do you think it's something about our culture here that just makes us much more private as people? I think so, perhaps. Although having said that, there are also so many elements of Japanese culture that are so like meticulously regulated and like these very fine cultural details and like all of the honorific language that's built into the spoken language. Um, and yet in some regards, they're so much more relaxed like with the whole onsen experience it's quite an interesting contrast you were saying that one of the reasons you've chosen your course at oxford is that it gives you your second year in japan mm-hmm. yeah i it's in kobe which i think is a port city although maybe don't quote me on that one um but yeah it just sounds incredible although i have to say i'm a bit nervous about the intensity of the first year because obviously they need to get you up to a standard of Japanese where you can survive and even learn in Japanese, in Japan, in the second year. So yeah, a bit nervous about that. What have you enjoyed most about the language? Has it been the spoken side or the written side or just, the, like you say, the culture? My favourite elements have probably come about through the cultural analysis side. Um, for example, What really piqued my curiosity was my Rouse project, 
which was on cultural responses in art, photography and film to the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Um, so I did lots of analysis about how these different responses and literatures intersected and what that showed about disaster culture and responses to earthquakes and tsunamis in Japan. So that really fascinated me. But then on like a linguistic level, the use of kanji, the Chinese characters, combined with the two other alphabets, hiragana and katakana, I just find so cool, like three entirely different writing systems all in one language. What did you conclude from your research analysis then? What was the kind of main conclusion to that? My main conclusion was that Japan has a very unique and close relationship with disaster, um, both from the legacy of um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but also from, obviously, its natural disasters, earthquakes and tsunamis. Um, and that creates a very interesting set of cultural responses, both avoiding entirely addressing disaster, but also in some ways being utterly preoccupied with it in many different media. Yeah. One thing that always fascinates me about the Japanese culture is that they seem so forward-thinking in terms of their inventions, you know, and just the things that we don't yet have here. Yeah, Japan definitely has a very highly developed technological imagination and also a very strong like soft power image industry around how forward thinking and modern they are um, but while I was preparing for my Oxford interview I found it super interesting seeing the contrast between the hyper modern Japan with like the Shinkansen the bullet train and everything um, and also compared with the extremely traditional elements of Japanese culture like the legacy of um, samurai and tea ceremonies and everything being very meticulous and traditional in many ways. Um, but yeah, Japan definitely has developed a very strong technological modern image for itself. And do you think that's important considering its background and the history in terms of the trauma that you're talking about, that it does show the world that it's kind of not suffered I suppose the consequences of that and, and actually it's it's done quite the opposite in terms of the way it's such a successful country and it's forward-thinking inventions and that kind of thing. Yeah I definitely think that um, a lot of that has a lot of the development has been bound up with its past traumas and also with its more ancient isolation policy obviously ended in 1868 with the major restoration but um, also I think it, Japan's done a, quite a good job of camouflaging to the wider world about um, perhaps the more economic slump that it's experienced in recent decades and uh, the lost decade beginning with the 1980, 1980s and then turning into the lost 20 years um, so I think there are definitely complications with modernisation that Japan will need to address as well. What opportunities are there for you to practice your Japanese language living in Cambridge? Um, well I was super lucky last year to be able to work with a Cambridge PhD student who is originally from Japan um, and I had speaking lessons with her every week um, and it was just sort of chatting in Japanese, but it was amazing to hear about 
the cultural differences that she noticed between England and Japan, particularly as her PhD was centred around um, like conversations that she'd overheard in some ways, um, and the cultural differences in spoken English and spoken Japanese. Um, and then obviously the purse has been really cool in allowing me to continue learning Japanese with Sensei Browning here um, and study for the JLPT exam. Yeah. Tell me about that. So is that in addition to your A-levels? Yeah. So on top of my A-levels, I'm currently studying for JLPT level four, which is a Japanese language proficiency test. Um, it's internationally recognised and especially favoured by the Japanese government. Um, and I have weekly lessons with Sensei Browning um, for school at 8am every Tuesday, um, which is quite early, but it's worth it. Um, cool. And tell me about the other A-levels that you're doing and how that might complement your interest in languages. Um, so I'm also doing Spanish, Geography and History and Italian GCSE. Um, and I did Chinese and Japanese GCSE before as well. So I'm definitely very keen to hopefully have a career abroad in the future and be able to use lots of languages. And I think um, definitely elements of my history and geography courses also feed into Japanese. So for example, in geography, looking at aging populations um, and immigration policies and in history, I did my history coursework on um, to what extent was Japan fascist uh, in the interwar period. So even though it's not directly in the curriculum, I was definitely able to weave it in myself. And that was really facilitated by the history department because they gave us a lot of freedom to choose topics that genuinely interested us. It seems that the purse has really supported your wider interest in Japanese through your other subjects at A-levels as well and, and what kind of difference do you think that's made to you um, being here as opposed to a school that wouldn't have en enabled that? I think it's been really incredible because it made me genuinely explore my interest in Japan so much more like if I hadn't had the opportunity of the complete liberty to choose my topic for my Rouse project or my topic for my history coursework I don't think I would have realised like the depth of my interest in Japanese culture and also Mr Jack um, was absolutely amazing he gave me um, opportunities to talk through all of my ideas and loads of recommendations of films and events going on in Cambridge to take advantage of obviously this amazing city that we're in um, yeah without Mr Jack I would be nowhere Oh, that's really lovely that you that you, you credit one of your teachers here with really helping and inspiring you. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, you're about to take your A-levels really, really soon. And then what does your summer look like before the results come? Um, so in my summer, I'm going to France three times. Um, and then the hope is to do a Spanish exchange because I'd really like to sort of consolidate all of my Spanish and make sure I don't forget my spoken Spanish before I plunge so completely into Japanese at university. I don't think I, I can finish this um, chat without actually asking you to say some things in Japanese to me. Oh. <laughs> I think that would be really nice. Maybe you can teach me a phrase or something. Um, konnichiwa, watashi no namai wa lili desu. Um, so that was, hello. My name is Lily and I live in Cambridge. <laughs>
And then maybe you can end with something about, um, tell me in Japanese, um, something about like looking back on your time at the purse, you know, how would you sum up um, what you think of the school and the memories that you have of it? Um, and now do you want to just explain <laughs> what that means? I hope that I managed to say it was really fun because I loved my friends, which is, you know, not the most eloquent, but yeah. I think that's so important though, isn't it? That when you look back on those important times of your life, especially on your education, it's your friends that you take on with you. Yeah. You know, when your teachers have gone and the, the physical environment of the school is in the past, you still keep those friends that you make. Exactly, yeah. I've Obviously, it's a bit of a scary prospect, us all going to different universities, but I'm trying to see it as an opportunity because I can't wait to, like, visit my friends in different cities and experience their university life at the weekends, for example. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep in contact. Well, I'm wishing you all the very, very best and send us a postcard from one of these lovely places that you visit very soon. <laughs> Will do. Thank you so much.